You are listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from to empower couples everywhere to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. This show is hosted by the budget-savvy bride herself, Jessica Bishop, along with me, Sari Wienerman, her Real Weddings editor. We've got a ton of fun stuff to unpack with you today, so before you get cold feet, Let's dive right in. Welcome back to another episode of The Bouquet Toss. Today, we are talking all about a very special aspect of your wedding reception, which is the speeches or toasts. As always, we've got all of the origin stories, historical details, and fun facts to share about speeches. So let's just start. Let's do it. Let's not get stage fright before we uh, start talking about speeches. (laughs) No stage fright. Let's start with kind of breaking down. Really, speeches came out of toasts, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess let's start with where toasts came from. In ancient times, when people were most likely at war with their neighbors, Many of these families would actually come together and make a truce by marrying the leader's children to one another. Lovely. Yes. So at these unions that were meant to bring these two conflicting groups together, at the banquet table, the father of the bride would be the first one to drink from what was a communal wine pitcher. And this was done to show the guests the opposing family, their nemesis, I guess, that the wine wasn't poisoned. It's like very Game of Thrones in a way, right? Yeah. I mean, the mistrust amongst these people, literally solving war with marrying off their children. It's kind of the opposite of Romeo and Juliet when you think about it. In this case, the families are joining their kids together, even though the families hate each other. It's a way to make peace, I suppose. I mean, why not over some wine, I guess? In order to trust each other, you have to make sure you're not poisoning the rest of your family. So the bride's father would step up and take that first drink. But what has also become a huge custom is clinking your glasses during a toast. And that stems from medieval times when ringing a bell signified that there were no evil spirits present. So that's why they would clink their glasses together as if to say there's no evil spirits present to influence the marriage. Ah, so it was mimicking that sound of the bell ringing? Exactly. Got it. Eventually, not only would the bride's father preside over this experience of making sure they're not getting poisoned, but he would start to give a speech at that time before the toast Okay. It was meant to wish the new couple health and good luck in their marriage, which makes total sense. The guests are invited by the person making the speech to raise their glasses and clink and drink to the happy couple's wealth and happiness. Raise a glass to freedom. I'm hearing Hamilton in my mind. (laughs) Yes. Raise a glass to freedom. Yeah. So as we know, wedding speeches definitely grew out of that because – Not only are fathers of the bride giving speeches, but there's speeches from half the wedding party at this point, right? Yeah, there's some conflicting information that we found. Definitely 
tends to be a bit more traditional, old school style in England, especially in Europe. But of course, the Americans have modernized some of these traditions and changed them a bit. Basically, there's guidelines on who should give speeches at weddings and the order they should happen in. And I think that's something a lot of brides probably are like, oh, no, there's definitely an order. What is it? What do I follow? Which if you've been listening to the bouquet toss, you can probably guess that we're here to disrupt that and say, do whatever order you want. You don't even need an order. But in true bouquet toss fashion, we're going to dive into what really the societal norms were when hosting a party. And then giving you permission to just toss them out. Yep. Let's start with what the traditional wedding speech order is. Typically, it goes father of the bride, then the groom, then the best man, and any other toasts, which very often now includes either the maid of honor or the maid of honor and bridesmaids as well. Right. Which already, it's like, why does it have to be the father? Why can't it be the mother? It's so heteronormative, whatever. And also, it was very traditional for just the groom to give a speech, but now brides are much more popularly giving speeches as well. Yeah, which reminds me of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, because that's what the first episode starts out of, like her giving her speech at her own wedding. (laughs) Oh my God, you're so right. That's literally how the whole series starts. I just watched it, like binged it. So fresh on the mind. Oh my God. She is ahead of her time, that Maisel. I know she's a fictional character, but she was slaying those patriarchal traditions and throwing them out. Yeah. Are we willing to say that if brides want some inspiration for their speech, they should watch the first episode? Absolutely. (laughs) She was definitely ahead of her time. Mm -hmm. We love to see a bride getting up and giving a speech as well. And Even still, there are some guidelines for the order that the speeches would go if you're including these extras. Apparently, the order still would be father of the bride, groom, then the bride, then the bridesmaids or maid of honor, and then the best man. And that's like a UK-based thing. But what's interesting is that in America, according to the official authority on all things weddings, which is Zanat and Wedding Wire, their information says that the best man should give the first toast of the evening. And that's definitely what I think I have seen. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think most commonly that's what I have seen at the weddings that I've been to. So they suggest the best man followed by the maid of honor and then the parents of either one of the partners, depending on who I guess is paying. And then finally the couple together if they want to give a speech. I like it. It's a modern, a modern twist. Still a lot of speech giving. For sure. And I think you really have to think about the type of wedding that you're having and how much time you want to devote to this at your reception, what style or format your reception is going to take. And of course, We have a ton of great information and tips about what makes a good wedding speech so that it doesn't get boring for your guests. There's spots in traditional receptions where maybe there's a lull in dancing and people are sitting down to eat one of the courses. And so it makes sense to have a speech go there. But this is, of course, if you're doing some sort of sit-down situation, We see so many incredibly creative wedding ideas now that they may not even be something you want to consider. Regardless, I think that the speech, if you take the pressure off of it to be this incredible, funny thing, and you really just distill it to what it is, which is thanking 
everyone for being there and celebrating the love of the couple. It takes so much pressure off. So let's talk about some of the tips for making a great speech at a wedding. Well, and I think it's important to just, like you said, remember the point of the wedding speech, which is to like remind everyone in attendance why you're all gathered there on that day. And that's to celebrate the happy couple. So let's say that you are a maid of honor or a best man giving a speech about, or even, you know, a father or mother of the bride, or just even a guest that maybe they ask to give a speech. So if you're a guest at the wedding, what are some things to keep in mind to have the most successful outcome in your speech giving? I actually read a really great little book called Wedding Toast 101 by a guy named Pete Hansberger when I was writing my maid of honor speech for my sister's wedding in January 2020. They had some great tips, so I'm going to share a few here. And some of those tips are, number one, to keep it brief, ideally one to two minutes. Really, anything over three minutes is getting a bit long-winded especially for guests who may not know you all that well. That is something definitely to keep in mind. I think there can be a really big impetus to want to put all of your inside jokes in there and show how close you are with the couple. But remember that not everybody knows you. So those really, really personal things may be better done in a different way. Maybe you like share something with them after, write them a note or something, but Yeah, keeping your audience in mind, I think, is a good tip. So important, honestly, because especially as the maid of honor or best man or whatever the case might be, you obviously are very close to that person who's getting married, and you probably have a laundry list of inside jokes and things like that. And so I love what you said. I think that doing a personal letter, I'm a words of affirmation person, so letters are all that I want in the world. (laughs) Good to know. But I do think that's a really great way to bring up all those shared memories that are really meaningful to the friendship that you have with that person that maybe the entire guest list wouldn't necessarily be all that interested in hearing the history of. Right. Absolutely. Another tip would be to keep it upbeat, leaving the guests and the couple both feeling good about what you've said. You don't want to embarrass anybody or razz them or whatever, or make the couple look bad in any way. We have some definite don'ts to include later. (laughs) Remember that Aunt Sally is in the audience. They don't need to hear about that drunken night or, you know, anything like that. As a general rule, no jokes related to what happens on the honeymoon or sex or previous relationships or the possibility of future children. Like, just don't go there, you know? Just let them enjoy the wedding day and celebrate that moment. Also, it's super important to make sure that your speech recognizes both of the people who got married that day and not just the one that you're standing beside. Ooh, that's so, so important. Right. So like I said, in that little book that I read, Wedding Toast 101, it was so great in terms of creating an outline for how to formulate a really great wedding speech that hits the right notes and is short and concise and really drives the message home and is heartfelt with a little bit of humor. You don't want to get Mm -hmm. up there and act like you're giving a roast or being a comedian. Unless you genuinely are a comedian and like that's what you do. I think that there is this expectation out there that people think they're expected to be hysterical. And I really think unless that's your job and you're really good at it, no one's expecting that. Yes, I totally agree. Also, super important to make sure that you prepare your speech well in advance. Don't wait until the night before or the day of to be writing your speech. I've been to so many weddings where 
somebody who was meant to be giving a speech that night was literally writing out what they were going to say that day. No. Which just doesn't show forethought and care or responsibility. Like, you know what I mean? Like honoring that, what I truly believe is an honor to be asked to be somebody's maid of honor, to be a bridesmaid, whatever the case might be. You should respect that position and come prepared for all of your duties on that day, including giving a speech. Absolutely. Not to gloat or anything, but when I did my sister's speech, I was her maid of honor. I started writing. I kept a note in my phone from the second that they picked a wedding date. Oh my gosh, me too. (laughs) We would both do that. But yeah, and I would be riding the subway and think of something that I wanted to include. And so I would add it in there and jot it down. And really anytime I would think of something. So I had it going for a very long time. And then my sister's husband, his brother was his best man. So we did rehearsals together. We sent each other initial drafts of the speech to make sure we weren't going to say the same things. And also just to help each other, have some support. And then we did readings for each other to practice. That's so great. I definitely think also practicing and rehearsing is super important. You don't have to be completely off book. I know, Sari, you're like a professional performer, so you probably were. (laughs) But I definitely had what I had planned to say written because I was way too nervous to wing it. I printed it out in bigger font on paper so that I could, I did want to be able to not look at the paper. So I guess by the time I gave it, I had it pretty much down pat, but I wanted to be able to, in case I got lost or needed to reference it really quickly, be able to find it. But something we did also find in our research is that even a few years ago, it was considered taboo to read a speech from your phone. Yeah, which I actually did at my sister's wedding. See, but that's the thing. It's not taboo at all anymore. It used to be something where that would have been included. Don't read it from your phone. But now it's almost expected that that's what's going to happen. That's also comforting for anybody giving a speech because if it's in your phone, you have no excuse not to practice and look at it and see it often and then add to it and make sure you feel comfortable saying it, you know? For sure. Yeah. Similar to you, I started taking notes in my notes app on my phone, basically from the moment my sister asked me to be her maid of honor. And truly, I was formatting and reordering my sentences. And I had lists of memories or character traits that I wanted to touch on and things like that, that I was constantly editing throughout that year or so that they were engaged. And also, I traveled all the way across country to be a part of her wedding. So it was just easier for me to have it in my phone, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that makes complete sense. And it's a great option. I'm glad you have made me feel better about it. And for anybody else listening who maybe has been worried about it, I hope it makes you feel better, too. Let's just be real. One of the things we found said, maybe bring note cards. And really, are you going to be able to keep track of where your note cards are? You're doing a million things, especially if you're the maid of honor. There's so much going on, but you know you're going to know where your phone is. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure that TikTok diagnosed me with some sort of phone addiction last night on my For You page. That's hysterical. (laughs) Suffice it to say, I always have my phone. Right. Hey friends, we wanted to take a quick moment to share a bit about our amazing private community. If you're looking for a little wedding planning oasis away from the noise of social media, this is just the thing for you. Many of you have loved our Facebook group, but this new platform is what we like to call the next level of budget savvy wedding planning. And it allows you to connect with one another and share resources like never before. 
Come join us inside for wedding planning support from a like-minded community of smart and savvy brides-to-be. Get advice and feedback from brides, local vendor recommendations, and so much more. Join us inside today by visiting thebudgetsavvybride.com slash community. See you there. So let's switch gears a little bit. And for anyone listening that is planning to give a speech themselves at their wedding, there's some other things that we could give them to think about as well, right? Absolutely. In terms of the content of your speech as the couple, it's important to obviously thank your guests for being there and celebrating with you, especially the ones who potentially traveled from long distances to be there. If your family contributed financially to the wedding, thanking them is super, super important. But in general, it's also nice to thank your parents for their love and support of your relationship and throughout your lives. Also, thanking your wedding party, super important for being there and standing beside you if you have a wedding party. Also, depending on if it's you giving the speech or maybe your spouse, saying something nice to each other or about each other, or maybe telling a funny little anecdote about one another could be cute. And then just raising a toast and kicking off all the fun at your reception. I love that second to last one about adding in like a little funny anecdote or something because I think there may be when you're writing if you are writing your wedding vows or just planning on something that maybe you would have wanted to say at the ceremony but you feel like it's a little bit less traditional this is the perfect place to be able to do that you can even think about it as you're ordering all the things throughout your day this may be a great time to address your spouse directly and you know everyone loves to watch that it's so romantic getting a little emotional just thinking about it right the sweetest let's talk about more alternatives to giving a speech because at the end of the day although it is such a tradition it may be something people just aren't comfortable doing or maybe the setup of their wedding isn't such that they feel they want to do it so let's talk about some alternatives Definitely keeping the speeches short is best for the sake of all of your guests. So if you're looking for alternatives, giving a joint speech together as a couple or even your maid of honor and best man teaming up and giving a joint speech together, especially if you guys are like a long time tight knit group of friends. I've definitely seen that at weddings I've been to before. Keep in mind, you might really have this dream of having your maid of honor and best man give speeches, but they might feel a little bit of pressure. So doing it together is so helpful for them if they feel that way. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not the most confident public speaker. So I was totally nervous to speak at my sister's wedding, especially because she and her now husband work in television. So there were like legitimate media executives in the room. That could have been your audition, Jess. (laughs) No. So some other alternatives would be if you're, for some reason, your maid of honor, your best man aren't super into giving a speech, you can totally switch it up, have other family members or additional people give speeches in addition to the traditional ones. I think that sometimes in your relationship, you may have mutual friends that really know you well as a couple. And they might not be the people that end up being your maid of honors or your best man, especially if you have siblings that are going to jump into those positions. But if you have friends that know you really well as a couple, they could give a really great speech. For sure. 
Another really great idea for an alternative if you do have a bit of stage fright or, you know, for anybody who might not be able to attend in person, especially right now due to pandemic life, creating a video and filming people giving speeches for the happy couple ahead of time, collecting them from people near and far is a really, really cool way to incorporate more people into that reception toast speech moment, even if they're not there in person. We all want a video of it anyway, so now you have it forever. I think it's such a great idea. And there's actually this incredible company that has a website where you can organize it very, very easily. It's called Tribute. Very cool. We will link that in the show notes for sure. So it allows you to easily create a collaborative video montage that you can give as a gift for anybody for any important occasion. So I think this has a really great application for weddings, especially in the age of Corona. And it could be something really nice because if you're doing a Zoom wedding or you're doing maybe a little placeholder thing before you have a bigger celebration at some point when it's safer, this could be a great way for your guests to be able to share their sentiments with you. There may be things they would have said to you in person on your wedding day, but you could give them the option to prepare it and send it to you and if they're comfortable, you can even play it as a slideshow for everybody in attendance on Zoom or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I think, too, for your guests who are in attendance, being able to see and hear messages from other people who also love you is just a really special thing to experience. Yeah, it makes everyone's heart so warm. Another fun idea for those who might be comedically inclined, I suppose, is to have basically like an open mic session at your reception, it's a period of time, maybe like a max of 30 minutes tops for anybody who wants to get up and say a few words to take advantage and do so. That's cool. I think caution there a little bit because that could get dangerous. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, especially if you're going to have a wedding with a lot of people that aren't big on dancing, for this sure. is a great way to get them involved. Absolutely. And then, of course, there's always alternatives like skipping the speeches entirely and instead have some sort of surprise dance flash mob or maybe even somebody to sing a song, like do a performance if you have someone who's musically talented. Yeah. Do you remember there was, I think it was three girls or two girls that were super famous on YouTube because they wrote a song as their speech. Was it like a Taylor Swift medley? Oh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was. I think I saw it on TikTok. Oh, oh you saw it recently. The one that I'm thinking of was at least four years ago. It was when my sister was getting married. And everybody that I knew was like, you have to do a song now that this person did that. And it's an example. And for a long time, I was like, oh, my God, I have to write a song. But I decided not to because we did a surprise dance flash mob right after my speech. Amazing. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention about this particular topic, especially if you are the bride, one of my favorite podcasters personally is Kate Kennedy from Be There in Five. Have you heard her podcast? You've told me about her. I am obsessed. She's just a very smart, talented, witty, very introspective, deep thinker. Her podcast covers very, very deep subjects, but also very, very shallow subjects. So she says she does deep dives and snorkels through popular culture and issues and the struggles of being a millennial woman in this day and age. But I love her. And she actually did a destination wedding in Italy when she got married several years ago. And she wrote a poem where she had, I think, two line stanzas dedicated to every single person who traveled to be there celebrating with them on their wedding day. 
Wow, that is incredible. Yeah, it's super great. And I'm pretty sure there's a podcast episode where she's read the poem. So it's fantastic. And one of the things that she says is that being at your wedding and having all these people who love you get up and say these wonderful things about you, it's almost the closest you'll get to being eulogized while you're alive. Whoa, that's so real. Right? That's one of the most amazing things about a wedding day, right? Is being surrounded by all the people who matter the most to you and having them not only be there physically and share their love and support for you by being there, but also the folks who do get up and say special words about you and to you and like just affirm that that love and support verbally. It's just so special. You really can't beat it. This brings us right into would you keep it or toss it? And after that, I can't imagine tossing it. Right? I mean, who doesn't want to hear how much they're loved? Everyone needs to hear how much they're loved by the people who love them. I agree. I think it's so important that that is a part of anyone's relationship with the people that they love. And if it works better for you to have it more private, have it be a private thing. There's no rules on this whatsoever. But just as something that can be really meaningful for you to enjoy at your wedding, I think that's what we're getting at is that if the speeches become less of a thing that you're anxious about and more of a thing that you're anticipating because you're so excited about having people shower you with love, then I think that's great. I do too. And to your point, if you'd rather have more private moments, definitely feel free to relegate some of those speeches or maybe the extra ones to your rehearsal dinner night. So anyone who you're very close to who wouldn't give a speech necessarily on the wedding night at the reception could do so at the rehearsal dinner where you have really your VIPs there with you and not a huge audience necessarily if you're having, you know, a larger wedding at some point. Right. That's such a great idea. So before we head out, we wanted to share one of the reviews from a listener that we got. We just have to give her a shout out because it was just such a nice review. Do you want to read it? It was. It was super nice. Sure. So this is from Annabelle, and she wrote, Planning my wedding often feels lonely and stressful, but having this podcast to listen to gives me ideas and also makes me laugh about all the wild things that go into wedding planning. Already feel like I've got two friends helping me think through the ins and outs of weddings, which is like the sweetest. I know. I think that's literally the reason we started this podcast. Thank you, Annabelle, for articulating it so clearly because that's exactly why we want to share the bouquet toss with our community. 100%. And it wouldn't be the bouquet toss without closing with a fun wedding fact. So here goes. We're talking all about toasts and speeches today, right? So we call it a toast because wine was not always so nice to drink. <laughs> it tastes so good. <laughs> So to cure the really bad taste, a burnt piece of toast was placed in the pitcher of wine to absorb some of the acidity. And then the host would also eat the piece of toast after everyone had drank from that pitcher of wine. And that was a sign of graciousness to his guests. Well, there you go. I never even thought like where the word toast actually came from. So that's so interesting. Right? That's blowing my mind a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and the fact that it was a, I mean, obviously toast is toasted, but it's specifically a burnt piece of toast. You can try it. If you've got 
some wine that's uh, feeling a little acidic and not so great, maybe put a piece of burnt toast in it. Yeah, I guess ye old wine was not so tasty. I mean, I can definitely imagine that. Just straight up rubbing alcohol disguised as purple. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's great that we now know the origin of toast. There you go. I'll raise a glass (laughs) to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Jess. See you on the next one. See you soon. If you're just getting started with planning your wedding, you absolutely have to pick up a copy of the Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. This book has literally been described as the wedding planning Bible. No joke. The book is part workbook, part how-to guide, and it walks you through every single step of planning your big day. From laying the foundations for your wedding vision and budget to checking off every detail along the way, The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer will help you stay on track and on budget. And at only $7.99 on Amazon, you'll be sure to score tips and ideas that will save you thousands on your big day. Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com slash book to get your copy today. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride to empower couples to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. If you've had as much fun as we did, then please catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you're a bride-to-be looking for a little extra support, then join us in our private community to connect with brides like you. Our community helps to support one another while also sharing the free resources we provide via our website and this podcast. Visit community.thebudgetsavvybride.com to join. As always, stay true to you. We look forward to chatting again soon.